Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and on this segment, I am so excited to introduce yet again, James Braha. So James is one of my personal favorites. When I talk about him, I can't help but smile. He is such a light in the Vedic astrology community. And when he teaches, he does so with so much enthusiasm, character, humor, and of course, robust experience and knowledge. James has written several books, including the Ancient Hindu Astrology for the Modern Western Astrologer, which is always my go-to book. If any of you have ever emailed me asking me for book recommendations, this is always the number one book that I recommend for learning Vedic astrology. And he has written and published a new book called the Braha Sutras, which is essentially an astrologer's notebook with tips and tricks and information that you're not going to find anywhere else. It really has come from his lived experience and his personal perspective. Something that I absolutely love about his books is that so much of his personality and humor comes through them. I mean, you never have to guess what he is thinking or feeling, and it is so fun and entertaining while also getting so much amazing information, as I mentioned, that you're not going to get anywhere else. So I highly recommend both of those books. I highly recommend any of his other books that he's written because he's written quite a few. And I have done a few other interviews with him. So if you really enjoy this one, I have a playlist of interviews. You can go to innerknowing.yoga, my website, and I have playlists available, one of which is interviews and his are going to be on there. And so James's website is jamesbraha.com. And of course you can find his books on Amazon by typing in James Braha. So without further ado, today we will be discussing the planet of Pluto in a two-part series. So today we are releasing part one. Let's go ahead and get into it. I hope that you enjoy this segment. Welcome back, James Braha. I know that everyone is going to be so excited that you're back on the podcast. And everyone knows that you're one of my personal favorites to work with. If anyone ever asks me for recommendations on books, the first book I ever recommend for Vedic astrology is Ancient Hindu Astrology for the Modern Western Astrologer. Of course, you've also written How to Be a Great Astrologer and your latest book, The Braha Sutras, which is I like to describe it as kind of like a coaching manual for astrologers because it talks a lot about how to approach astrology and how to connect with clients in addition to various techniques that you won't learn about anywhere else. So I absolutely love your books. I'm just so happy that you're on again. Thank you. Yeah. And so, so oh, go ahead. So you want to talk about Pluto? Yes. I want to talk about Pluto. So first of all, I have to tell you, that I've gotten several different hosts the last month or two, they want to know about Pluto, right? I attribute this to the fact that Pluto in March is entering a new sign in the tropical zodiac, not okay. in the Hindu, not in the sidereal Hindu, but in the Western, Pluto is going into Aquarius. This is a major, this is a major change. When Pluto went into Capricorn in the tropical system, it was the 2008 economic collapse. 
Pluto went in to Capricorn, the economy collapsed. And it's not that Capricorn represents the economy, that's more Taurus, but Capricorn represents the, the status quo and the establishment. So the establishment was really rocked when, when they had to save the banking system. And it was just, it was a major blow to the establishment. People started questioning to the, the you know, these economies where they're printing money from here to high heaven, you know, maybe there's something not right about that. They're starting to question the, the establishment. Flash forward to the month of the pandemic and the assault on the United States Capitol, Pluto had entered Capricorn in the sidereal zodiac. So this is an interesting fact because many people who are Westerners, they think, well, how can there be two zodiacs? Only the tropical works. Then you have the people who are sidereal,ists only the sidereal works. I wrote a book called How, well, it was first it was called Transits of the West, Dashas of the East. Interesting. Then it was re renamed How to Predict Your Future, uh, Secrets of Eastern and Western Astrology. And when I was writing that book, suddenly it dawned on me, I'm writing about transits of Pluto squaring the sun and Saturn trining this. And I was writing all these aspects, but I was also writing when Jupiter enters a house when Saturn enters a house, which zodiac are you using? Because in the Hindu and the sidereal, they're gonna be different. And so I did some research and I was stunned to find that when a planet went into the tropical house, it had an effect. And then sometime later, because the sidereal always comes later, sometime, because it's back, everything is backed up 23 degrees. And then when it would, then when it would come into the sidereal uh, uh, zodiac into the house, again, there would be an effect. I was shocked by that. Anyway, so you will find that, that uh, you know, when they go into both systems, you'll see, a, you know, an effect. Now, I think the sidereal is a little bit more powerful. I think it was more important that assault on the Capitol and the pandemic. I think yeah. that was actually a little bit more, you could... It's hard to say because you could say, well, look at all the people that lost their homes, right? That was huge. I and mean, millions of people lost their homes. But on a, on a different level, we're talking about the whole system is now coming apart. Exactly. That's, okay. I mean, I follow the sidereal system, so you don't have to convince me. I I think that seeing- No, I'm saying both- yeah, I'm saying both systems were have merit. Yeah. I just think that when when Pluto entered Capricorn, it was a global you know, governments were affected around the world. And I don't think that things are going to be the same. We also saw the rise of cryptocurrency and NFTs and these new ways of approaching finances and the economy. And so I don't know, I, I thought that Pluto and Capricorn in the sidereal system just seemed to have this massive worldwide effect. I'm going to give you another good example you're going to enjoy. Okay. In 2017, Uranus went into Taurus in the tropical. Mm. That was when Bitcoin came of age. So what happened was that Uranus hit Taurus. Now I'm a gold and silver stock investor, so I love gold and silver stocks. So I thought I was I was 
waiting when Uranus went into Taurus in the tropical, I said, aha, it's going to be the time for gold. Instead, what happened was a new currency, gold, a gold-backed currency rather than these paper dollars that are backed by nothing. Hmm. But instead, during that year, Bitcoin went from 2,000 to 20,000. 2,000 to 20,000. The whole world took note and it was on the New York Times. It was on television. They were explaining what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin came of age. Now, in 2024, Uranus is going to enter Taurus in the sidereal zodiac. You're going to see either of two things. You're either going to see cryptocurrency come back again in a big way, or you're going to see gold come back in a big way. Mm. And just so you know, a lot of your viewers may not be economically oriented. The governments around the world are now working on what's called the CBDC, the cryptocurrency backed digital. Yeah. CBDC, crypto backed digital currency. So what this means is that the governments are now working on a currency that's digital, similar to Bitcoin. Eventually, they hope to get rid of dollars altogether, yep. which is huge because it means people that are trying to buy drugs, doing something illegal, they're going to have real troubles if there's no cash in hand. Mm -hmm. Now, it'll, it'll take some years before the, 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 the dollars are gone and it'll just be digital. But that that thing is coming for sure. They're yeah. already working. It's called CBDC and you can you can look it up yeah. and find out about it. So that's also got to do with Uranus going into Taurus. So I'm mentioning this also for another reason, because there's a lot of mundane astrology going on where the astrologer says, oh, this is what's happening in the sky, and this is what's going to happen. And most of it is garbage. 80% of it's garbage. The reason 80% of it's garbage, sorry, the reason that 80% <laughs> 80, 80 of it is garbage is because when they try to say, if they talk about planets entering signs, it works very well. But when they talk about, for example, the 1987 harmonic convergence, it was huge. It was all over the world, the harmonic convergence. Nothing happened. Mm. Nothing happened. Mm -hmm. We didn't, it was supposed to be the beginning of world peace. This is before 20, 2001. Yeah. If this is world peace, 87 was world peace, harmonic convergence. The world is 10 times worse than it was. Mm -hmm. In 1962, this is in my book, The Braha Sutras, in 1962, in the Hindu system, every planet except Rahu was in Capricorn. Yes. How imbalanced this was. All the planets in Capricorn and North Node in Cancer, not, not including Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And in the Western chart, again, you had all these planets completely imbalanced. Nothing happened. So when they tell you, oh, the planets are this way and they're that way, it's just a bunch of, it just never works. I've noticed over the decades I've worked, I've noticed it doesn't work. But if you look at planets going into signs, they work. So that's. I remember you talking about this in Sedona when I first met you and you were using this as an example. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, yeah. And I think that your approach is just, it's. I just always learn so much from you and I get so curious to go back and research things and look at things. But while we were talking about Pluto earlier, before we started recording, you showed me some sort of tarot card <laughs> and okay, I haven't so forgotten about it. I want to hear what you were going to say. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Pluto. And by the okay. way, what I just said about that stuff, 
probably about 20% are going to take what I said seriously. The rest are going to go to YouTubes and the person's going to say, this is happening. That's what they're going to do. But I'm telling you because I used to go to the conferences and every year, I'm talking about, I'm 71. I went when I was 35, 40, 45, 50. Every time they would talk about what's coming this next year, it just never happened. But if they talked about planets going into signs, especially Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, which are Uranus enters a sign every seven years. Right. Neptune every 12 years, Pluto 10, 15 years. They work well. Okay. And so, so I want to hear about that though, because, you know, and this is a really interesting I'm going to talk about Pluto going into Aquarius. Well, I just, I want to, I want to mention really briefly that um, because I've been trained in sidereal astrology, the first couple of years of learning, we never talked about Pluto, Neptune, or Uranus. And it wasn't until... I don't know, maybe five years ago that I started getting introduced to even using the outer planets in birth charts and in transit. And it seems to be very profound. I mean, obviously Pluto and Capricorn for me, I mean, that's proof in and of itself. Um, Wait until Pluto hits one of your planets. You think that's proof? I was, I've seen it. Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen it in readings and this is why I initially messaged you about it is because as soon as Pluto entered Capricorn, I've had all of these sidereal Capricorn people coming for a reading and they're like, what is happening? And I'm like, Pluto is on your moon. Like, of course you feel like this. And so it has an effect for sure. But yeah, I want to hear everything. Tell us. So, so, so this is, so Pluto, Pluto is out of all the planets, it's the most intense, more than Uranus, more than Neptune, because it's the slowest. When it hits, it's an explosion. It's like popping a boil, popping a bubble, popping a a wart. It's like it's an explosion. Hmm. Pluto represents death and rebirth. So if Pluto hits your Venus, your love life dies and gets reborn. If Pluto hits the fourth house cusp, there can be a big explosion with the home life or with the mother or the physical home, and then it gets reborn. It doesn't destroy for no reason. It destroys in order to pop a bubble, to pop anything that is is not the way it should be. It purifies. Hmm. But Pluto can be either very positive or very negative, okay? And that's why I use this. This is, now I use the, uh, the Brotherhood of Light tarot deck. I don't do tarot much, but I learned it 30 years ago. And that's the fool. He's a fool because he's got no belongings whatsoever. He's leaving. He's got nothing with him. He's just a fool. On the other hand, he's completely spiritual. He doesn't need material belongings. So Pluto is a planet that can go either way. Like when Pluto entered Sagittarius, in the Western system, you had the exposure of the United States justice system. Mm. When Pluto entered Sag, you had the O.J. Simpson case, and it showed you the system does not work. <laughs> and and it, 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 and for a year, for a year, there was an entire year-long focus on the justice system. Okay, mm. when Pluto entered. Uh, 1939, when it entered Leo in the tropical, you had the biggest year, Leo is entertainment, you had more films than ever were produced, 150 films were produced in that year, and the greatest films 
ever. That year is known as the greatest year for film. It was The Wizard of Oz, it was Gone with the Wind, and about 10 Stagecoach and about 10 other classics. So that was a positive thing. It can be positive or negative. When Pluto goes into Aquarius, which is in a month or two in March, and these things, technically it's March, but sometimes they can be earlier, sometimes they can be later. But Aquarius is a sign of reasoning and science. So what you're likely to see is an upheaval with science. There may be some scientific things that are proven to be, that we believed in that are suddenly realized, no, they weren't accurate. Mm -hmm. There can be great technology. Uh, there can be great, and this will go for 10, 15 years. But in the first year, you're likely to be some, see some great scientific innovations or some explosion of scientific realizations that were not, that are not actually accurate. But the more important thing, in my opinion, is that Aquarius is a sign of reasoning and mental. It's an air sign. People think Aquarius is a water sign because it's the water bearer. It's not. It's an air sign. What you're going to see, I believe, is an explosion into the realm of facts. Hmm. Like for the last 10, 15 years, it's all performance art and they don't care about the facts, they're gonna say whatever they want, and the people are gonna believe it because it fits their, their, it fits their, what they like. I think what's gonna happen with Pluto into Aquarius is that suddenly there's gonna be um, a turning back towards actual facts and reality and not just, well, I believe this or I believe that. Show us the proof, hmm. that sort of thing. That's what I think, we'll see. But I would be looking for Mainly, I'd be looking for um, a lot of innovations in science and technology and a lot of mental intellectual concepts and realizations. That's what I think is, is likely to be coming. And also groups. Aquarius is friends and groups. So there may be groups and it could be, this could be certain states decide we're, we're, we're seceding from the union. California says, we are a group of liberals. We want a liberal state. Hmm. This other state could say, we are conservative. We want our group. Is, it could be groups yeah. separating or something happening with groups. What do you think about Neptune entering Pisces in the sidereal system? When is that happening? I haven't thought. I haven't thought it happened this it. month or it's happening in February. Neptune what? Neptune's entering Pisces, February 18th, 2023 until February 6th, 2037. In what, in, in which system? In the sidereal system. Oh, well, I would say spirit, I would expect it to be spiritual. Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, <laughs> digress too much. I know we're trying to focus on, on Pluto, but did you want to talk a little bit about Pluto through the houses and what that could represent? Yeah. Okay. So when Pluto goes into the first house, or wait a minute, we're talking about, we're talking about the natal Pluto in the first house, not the transits. Yeah, we can talk about the natal Pluto. I think that that's what you were preparing for, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. let's do it. Because, you know, Pluto moves so slowly that people want to know about their placements and it'll be, if I talk about Pluto going into the, the first house, somebody said, well, that's not going to be for 25 years. <laughs> or, or, they're going to, or they're going to say, I'm never going to have Pluto going through the first house. Yeah, no, totally. Let's do it. Years, 200 years for it to go through the Zodiac. Okay. Yeah. So Pluto, Pluto in the first house is 
And it depends on how close Pluto is to the ascendant degree. The closer it is to the ascendant degree, the more intense it's gonna be. So Pluto in the first house is gonna make a person extraordinarily sensitive, mm. sensitive. And people are gonna constantly be giving them criticism and feedback. And not that they're gonna criticize them, but people are gonna constantly give them feedback so that they can learn about themselves. And there's nothing you can do, you can't stop it. There's no point in being defensive. When they, when they give you the feedback, you say, thank you for that, I'll think about it. It's all you can do. Interesting. The closer it is to the ascendant, the more, the more sensitive they're gonna be, and it'll be extremely sensitive. Hmm. However, Pluto is also universal welfare. Pluto is a spiritual planet. So the Pluto person, Pluto in the first, can be enormously spiritual. There's different kinds of spirituality. There's Uranus, which is living in the present moment, spiritual. There's mm -hmm. Neptune, which is mysticism and feeling and sensing spirituality. And there's Pluto, which is the ultimate, and that's universal welfare. Wanting to help the world, that kind of spirituality. So the Pluto in the first house person is, is oftentimes going to want to be a healer. I don't mean just healing people. I mean, they want to heal the world. They want mm -hmm. to help people. They want to contribute. They want universal welfare. Interesting. Um, and the Pluto person, even though they're enormously vulnerable and sensitive, they are usually survivors. By that, I, I don't mean they get victimized. I mean, they can survive anything because they're constantly going through a death and rebirth experience. If Pluto's in your marriage house, you're constantly going through a death and rebirth of your marriage. If Pluto's in the fourth house, you're constantly going through a death and rebirth with your mother. If Pluto's in the first house, you're going through death and rebirth constantly throughout life. Ow, that hurt. Oh my God, that hurt. And then you get reborn and you're stronger. You're stronger for it. It's a painful process, but they, by the time they're 25 or 30, they can survive anything because they've been through everything. So they're very powerful, they're very spiritual, they're very intuitive and, and, and they wanna heal others, but they're enormously sensitive and it's not easy. That's basically what I would say about Pluto in the first, it's very Scorpionic. If you think of Scorpio people, they're very intense because yeah. they're, sensitive. they're sensitive, they get hurt easily yeah. and their desires are very strong. It's like Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you and think, that, oh, go ahead. And I want to say something else. Pluto is known as the co-ruler of Scorpio. First, Mars was the ruler of Scorpio. Then when Pluto came along, they said Pluto is the planet that is the, uh, the higher octave of uh, Mars. Mm -hmm. Well, Isabel Hickey, who was my favorite Western astrology author, she actually said, it's true, Pluto is the co-ruler of Scorpio, but it's really more the higher octave of the moon and Pluto is my dominant planet. Pluto, it's not mm -hmm. my ascendant ruler. I'm not a Scorpio. But Pluto in my Western chart is stronger than all the other. It sextiles everything. It sextiles four planets. It's angular. It's just my strongest planet, wow. which is partly why my life is all about trying to disseminate knowledge and help heal the world. I can't help it. That's Pluto. Um, so Pluto, if you think of Pluto as a higher octave of Mars. Pluto rules the mafia. Mm -hmm. Pluto rules the underworld. Pluto rules atomic power. When Pluto was discovered, you had atomic bombs, nuclear weapons. You had Hitler, Mussolini. You had 
dictators. You had the mafia come up. You had nuclear power come. That's all Pluto, okay? Is that a higher octave of Mars? It looks like higher octave of Mars. But if you know people that have dominant Plutos or Pluto in the first house, a lot of the reason why they become very intense and wind up in prison, wind up killing other people. And I'm not talking about ordinary people, but, you know, the people that are disposed towards criminal actions. It's because they get so angry because their emotions, they get so upset emotionally. So Pluto, it's a higher octave of Mars. But if you know Pluto people, if you are a Pluto person, you experience things emotionally so intensely that then, then you lash out in the Pluto aggressive way. Wow. So that's just my explanation. I don't know what, I don't know. Isabel Hickey had a book on Pluto and I had a bunch of them. I gave them all away. I don't have it anymore. But she used to talk about Pluto being a higher octave of the moon. Hmm. And it's worth remembering because hmm. when you see a dominant Pluto in a chart, you're going to see a person's intensity. And it's not necessarily coming from higher Mars, it could be coming from higher emotional intensity. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to mention that. Well, it's, it, it is interesting, but I do feel like that there is earlier, you were mentioning how scorpionic people are. And a lot of the time, you know, there's this very deep sensitivity, but then this difficulty in expressing the emotion. And so it's just interesting in, in thinking about Pluto as potentially a higher octave of the moon, but it, it just seems to have some sort of shell around it or ha like harshness around it in a sense, like the sensitivity is there, but it's not operating in the same way that like the gentle, sweet mo moon would, right? Like it kind of becomes expressed. It's, a higher it's not a gentle moon. It's the intensity of the emotion. Right. It's know. really interesting to think about. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I know a few people who have Pluto on the ascendant, but it becomes more complicated when you think about it being conjoined with other planets and all of that. Uh, but it definitely gives me something to think about. I really appreciate that. Well, you know, it's like, I was talking to, uh, to somebody who's an astrologer and she also does the Enneagram. And she said, there's so many people in prison that are where their Plutos are just outrageous. It's because, well, the guy insulted me. I had to kill him. No, it's like, all he did was insult you, but it, it just, it's too much for them hits them too deeply. Okay, so Pluto in the second house is usually going to affect money in a big way. Those people, now Pluto is a huge malefic. Pluto in any house can destroy a house. Pluto in the second house could be poverty or it could be they want big money. It's, mm. it's that fool, that fool card. The, it, you know, he's a fool, but he's also completely spiritual. So it's both extremes. Pluto in a house can be both extremes. So the Pluto in the second house, oftentimes they are attached to their possessions. They're attached to their money. They want to be wealthy. You know, uh, also the second house is the house of money. And this is something I also learned from Isabel Hickey, that it's also the house of self-value. I mean, pretty much how much you did, how much you, when you go to ask for a job or you go charge money, it's a lot based on yourself, your self-image, what you feel you deserve. People that have great second houses, they ask for lots of money. How do you ask for that much money? 
because they because they have a great second house. They feel they deserve it. If a person's self-image is low, they feel they don't deserve, then they ask for a little money. So the Pluto in the second house is usually going to be very intense on the financial level one way or the other. Either they're going to desire and become wealthy, or it's going to be a big problem for them. That's how I see that. Um, the Pluto in the third house is a person who is compulsive about communication. Now, this is this is from the Western system. In the Hindu, the second house is writing and teaching and communications. In the Western system, the third house is the mind and the communications. It's not in the Hindu system. In the Hindu, the fifth is the mind and the second is writing and teaching. But in the Western, the third house is the communications, the writing, the teaching, and the siblings. Pluto in the third house is not going to be great for the siblings. There's going to be very intense, intense experiences with the siblings. It's possible they could have a famous sibling. Pluto could go the other way and be really positive. But it's going to be very intense with siblings. That's the third house. It's also going to be compulsive about writing and teaching and communications and going very deep. And it's also going to be a spiritual mindset. Pluto's a spiritual planet. There's going to be a spiritual mindset with that. Hmm. Pluto in the fourth house is a difficult aspect for the mother, for the experience with the mother. The mother can be either be, and Pluto in the house of people can be death. Pluto is death and rebirth. Hmm. And, you know, it's like a Scorpio planet. Pluto in the third house could be a sibling died. I would never predict that unless I saw real strong indications of a sibling dying. But Pluto in the third house could be a sibling dying, could be a famous sibling. This is hard because Pluto can, can be intense either way. Pluto in the fourth house could be the mother dies early, but you have to look at other things to see that. Pluto in the fourth house is going to make the person extremely sensitive to the mother, extremely sensitive to the mother. And the mother can be extremely domineering and intense and pushy, Pluto. Or the mother possibly could be spiritual or healing or something like that. But Pluto in the fourth house is not going to make things easy with the mother, not usually. Pluto in the fourth house could also be having a very intense desire for land, real estate, farming. Mm -hmm. I had two brothers. We grew up in Florida. We had, I don't know, my mother loved fruit trees. We had a, we had a, uh, we had an avocado. We had a grapefruit. We had an orange. We had a five or six trees, right? My brothers, they never really got into it very much. I have Pluto in the fourth house. When I bought my home, I planted like 30 fruit trees and I wound up with about 40 fruit trees just because I love gardening. I love the land. That's the Pluto in the fourth house. And I had a house that was about 13, 1400 square feet. By the time I was done, it was 2000 square feet because Pluto in the fourth house is gonna be intense with the land, farming, land, like that and intense with the mother. So interesting. I also have Pluto in the fourth and everything, everything that you're saying relates to me. Real estate is something I, I think that investing in real estate is one of the smartest investments, but, and, and everything with your, everything with the mother is spot on. Yeah. <laughs> to say the well, least. Listen, listen, <laughs> anyway. I have, I have Pluto in the fourth house 
square the moon in the 12th. <laughs> All you would need is to have Pluto square the moon and you're going to have big troubles with the mother. Hmm. Add to that Pluto in the fourth, it was just, it was disastrous. It was just, oof. the thing is now, the fourth house in the Western system has to do with your family life. In the Hindu, it's the second house. But in the, in the Western, it's the fourth house is the family life. And it's what your ancestors gave you. So whatever is there, if Venus is in the fourth house, you got the arts from your ancestry in mm. your genetics. If you got Pluto in the fourth house, you got power or spirituality. I, all my life, you know, what I've probably read the most of in my life would be mafia books and Beatle books. The Beatles, not just because they're, I mean, I love music and they're geniuses, but the way they swept the world the entire world, I mean, people in this generation, people, you know, they know Michael Jackson and they know all these famous people, but the Beatles were so famous that people brought their handicapped children to the Beatles for them to heal them. Now, how the hell would you do that? You would do because, because you saw them take over the world. They would give these concerts and it was people couldn't even hear them playing because they were screaming the whole time. That's how famous they were. So I have a Pluto horoscope. I'm fascinated with Pluto. So the mafia, I've read so many mafia books. I haven't read them in a long time, but all my life I've, and Beatle book, but just because power fascinates me. Yeah. Feeling the world fascinates me. Mm -hmm. That's, that's Pluto. Wow. Amazing. So here's the thing because it's in the fourth house, that's what I was given from my ancestry. Now I have a brother that has moon Jupiter in the fourth house. What he got from his ancestry was emotional, nurturing, emotional, loving, and he got moon Jupiter. That's what he got from his ancestors. I got power and spirituality from the Pluto in the fourth. So it has a lot to do with that. Wow. Pluto in the fifth house oftentimes is an artist in the Western. In the Hindu, the arts are the third house and the fifth house is the mind and creativity. So it's also an artistic house, but in the Hindu, the third is really specifically the arts. The fifth is somewhat artistic. In the Western, Pluto in the fifth house, the person's gonna be compulsive about creating. They wanna create, they wanna show, this is what makes me unique and special. The love affairs are going to be painful beyond belief. Mm. Everybody, before they get married, they always go through a certain amount of love affairs that begin, they have a beginning and they have an end. Until you're married, they have a beginning and an end. When a person with Pluto in the fifth house has an ending of a love affair, the pain and the grief is very extreme. The fifth house is not marriage, it's love affairs. Mm -hmm. And Pluto in that house is going to make for a lot of intensity there. It could make for famous children. It could make for a child who dies. It could make for, you know, but again, I know I'm speaking to a lot of people because this is on YouTube. You don't predict they're going to die because Pluto is there. It has to show up 
really, honestly, I, I would go more by the Hindu system because it's more predictive. And if that is indicating that, you know, the ruler of the fifth house is fallen, hit by Saturn in a fallen sign, then if Pluto's in the fifth, I'd say, yeah, kid's going to die. You know, wow. I wouldn't just say, oh, Pluto's in the fifth. It's going to, I wouldn't yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah. But the Pluto in the fifth could be a famous child. It could be the artistic energy is phenomenal. All that power, Pluto is power. It's going toward the arts. Could also be investments and speculations. I'd be very careful with investments and speculations. I'd be cautious. Yeah. If Pluto is in the fifth house. Pluto in the sixth house is going to be an extremely strong desire to know about health and healing. Health and healing, an extremely strong desire. That could be a healer very easily. All that power going to the house of healing. Could also be some intense experiences with coworkers, bosses, employers, employees, the sixth house. Um, but Pluto in the sixth house could be, can you know, they could get cancer at some point. Yeah, there. that's what I was wondering. Yeah, it's Ketu, Neptune, and Pluto. They can they can be kind of cancerous. It, it just depends. Pluto in the seventh is very difficult. If you're in a relationship, you and you got Pluto in the seventh, you better now. It depends on if Pluto's trying Venus and Jupiter's trining Pluto. It may be all positive, but. Pluto in the seventh house is going to be a constant negotiating going on in relationships. I don't mean rational negotiating. I mean, painful negotiating. Experiences are gonna come up and you're gonna to have to fight about it. You're gonna to have to angst about it. And then you solve it and it's over and you're reborn and it's a little better. And then two weeks later, another issue comes up. It's just constant death and rebirth, constant death and rebirth. Things would be a lot easier when a person's in their 40s or 50s and Pluto's in the seventh because they won't take it so seriously. But in the 20s and 30s, it's gonna be painful because it's always, ow, that hurt. And you feel like you're dying and then it's over and you feel like you're free and reborn. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling, James. I think a lot of us know that feeling, but I having it happen repeatedly with Pluto in the seventh sounds super challenging. It is challenging. It's yeah. not a replacement. Now, you could get a partner who's a healer. You could get a partner who's famous. You could get a partner who is powerful. That's yeah. Pluto. You could have a partner who dies. Yeah. One of those things. Yeah. Pluto in the eighth house. You could have, if other things indicate, you could have um, extreme inheritance. It's possible. It, it, but it could also go the other way. It could be you're owed money. You're supposed to get alimony. You're supposed to get inheritance. And it, it doesn't happen. It could be either extreme. Pluto is extreme on either side. The most important thing is that the astrological metaphysical energies would be very, very strong and very intense. The intuition would be very, very strong and very intense. And the more important thing is that there would be a constant throughout life, there would be a constant um, process of learning to let go of attachment 
So the eighth house is like Scorpio. It has to do with attachments. When a planet transits Scorpio, a person, if it's Saturn, if it's Uranus, if it's Pluto going through that seventh house, the entire time their buttons are gonna get pressed. We suffer on three accounts. One is physical pain. We suffer from physical pain. Two, we, we suffer grief when something dies, a relationship dies or a, a person dies. We suffer on account of grief, which is a natural process. And the third suffering is the most important one to understand. You suffer because of attachment. You want people to treat you a certain way, they treat you the other way. It's painful. You want, you want to have this and you don't get it, it's painful. So you suffer from attachment. When a transit goes through there, your buttons are pressed and you say, God, I'm in pain. Why am I in pain? Because I want this and I can't have it. You have a planet like Pluto in the eighth house, the entire life you're going through a process of learning to let go of attachments because it causes mm -hmm. pain. If you're complete, if somebody says you're ugly, you say, I don't really care about looks. It doesn't bother you. If somebody takes all your money, well, I never really cared about money anyway. You don't care. But if you care about money and they take it, you're in pain. If you care about your looks and they insult you, it hurts. So that's what enlightenment is about, getting over all those attachments. Pluto in the eighth is a huge commitment to getting rid of the attachments, to gaining freedom. Powerful placement. It's also going to mean some intense experiences with death. Yeah. yeah. Pluto in the ninth house is going to be usually, I've never... I don't think I know anything negative that I can say about Pluto in the ninth that I know of from experience. I can theorize, but everybody I know with Pluto in the ninth house just has a huge desire for higher knowledge and religion and philosophy and travel. It doesn't cause a controlling. Well, I know sometimes you consider the 10th house, the father, I was going to ask if it Both. could indicate having a controlling father or an overbearing father. Only in the Hindu in the okay. West, in the West, the 10th is the father, the fourth is the, fourth is the mother, except sometimes it's reversed. Don't ask me why. <laughs> no, this is, a tr this is a very traditional, I'm not talking my own idea here. This is a very traditional teaching and I've seen it. And From the, the Western system or the Vedic system? Western. Okay, well, okay. It sometimes gets reversed. Now what they will say, and I don't trust it, but what they will say is, Oh, if the mother's the boss, then the 10th house is the mother. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. I can tell you this. There's many times in my experience where the 10th can be the father or the mother in the Western. Okay. I, I don't know why. They say it's because she might be the boss. In the Hindu, I never do that. In the Hindu, 10th is the father and 9th is the father. And for decades... In South India, they said the ninth was the father because in the ninth house, the father was the spiritual guru to the son or the, or the daughter. And in the other part of India, they say the 10th house is the father. So I went back and forth and back and forth. I had all these different explanations. Now I use them both. I just mm -hmm. use them both. Mm -hmm. If the 10th looks good, but the ninth doesn't, you're going to have problems. If the ninth looks great, but the 10th doesn't, you're going to have problems. It's... Mm -hmm. Is, you know, that's how I, that's how I see it. But in the Western, to me, the ninth is simply the, but remember, 
the ninth house of the Western may be similar to the ninth house in the Hindu. So it might be, might be similar, mm-hmm. might be the father. I just have never done it that way because I've never seen anybody in the Western system claim the night. Maybe they do, but I've never seen it. Okay. Anyway, um, Pluto in the 10th house is usually a big career. Now, Pluto in the 10th house is usually going to be some kind of intense experience with the father. The father could die early. The father could be gone. The father could be manipulative and domineering, um, could be a famous career, or it could be that you have big career problems. So these things of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, well, not so much Neptune and Uranus. Those are pretty clear. The problem, the problem with Pluto, I, I, I'm going to show it again. It can be completely foolish or completely spiritual. That's not the case with Neptune and Uranus. Neptune's always going to be erosion, illusion, deception, as well as mystical. But Pluto is either going to be a complete wipeout, a death, or it's going to be a completely powerful spiritual, you know, ex, you know, uh, nuclear energy power, you know, it could be either way. So it can be a powerful father or big troubles with the father, father dying. It could be a big famous career. You can bet there's going to be something intense mm-hmm. and it could be negative on the career as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, I guess I go to the Hindu chart and I'm looking at what's going on there because the Hindu chart without Uranus, Neptune and Pluto is very predictive. Yes. It's very predictive. Yes. Pluto in the 11th house is going to be powerful friends, famous friends, spiritual friends. And it's going to be very intense experiences with groups and friends. Mm -hmm. I have a friend with Pluto in the 11th house. We were in high school and we were in the drama department. And there was this big, there was an election and there was a tie. And the teacher was supposed to hold a runoff, but probably just didn't realize it. And she just broke the tie by choosing the person she thought would be best. This guy who has got Pluto in the 11th house went crazy. And so he said something terrible to the teacher and she disbanded the club (laughs) because he was so upset about the group. Pluto in the 11th is gonna be very important for groups and friends and spiritual friends, powerful friends, could also be some friends that die. Pluto in the 10th, uh, 12th, I don't know, it could be debts and expenses. It's an enormously spiritual uh, placement. It's a very, very spiritual, uh, you know, enlightenment. It's about enlightenment and spirituality, uh, but it's also a lot about the subconscious. So one of my brothers had has Pluto in the 12th house and he had stuff going on inside of him we didn't know what was wrong but when when he was in first grade i believe it was for for like a whole year he just kept going on rampages he broke into somebody's he's like seven years old he went into somebody's house and just threw cereal and threw stuff all over the place i mean what the hell he just kept going on rampages something was going on in the subconscious mind wow so that's an extreme example but Somebody's got Pluto going on in the Pluto in the twelfth house. They've usually got stuff that they're not aware of that is affecting them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is so interesting. Do you think that Pluto in the 12th has an influence on dreams and meditation and as well? Could it affect those areas? Yeah. If a person has Uranus or Pluto going into the 12th house as a transit, I always tell them, you're going to have a lot of dreams for the next several years. Mm. And the purpose of the dreams is to bring up things that are in the subconscious mind that need to be brought to the surface like that. Wow. Well, this has been really powerful. I know that you want to be mindful of time. I feel like that I could just keep asking you questions, but there is going to be a part two where we continue. So for everybody listening, definitely go calculate your birth chart, see where Pluto is placed for you and take some time to contemplate. And then we'll be back on the next segment. What's that? You know, I, I, I had a friend come and visit last week. His name is Lorenzo. Sanford. He's an astrologer. He does astrology. And it's the first time in years that I've been around an astrologer where we just sit and talk astrology. I used to have a friend named Callie Halverson, who was an astrologer, but she died about 10 years ago. And she used to come and visit us every year or two. She'd come and visit. And and my wife's, you know, not a professional astrologer, but she knows astrology. In fact, Mm -hmm. I said this before when I it doesn't happen anymore, but it used to happen for, for a lot of years. I'd look at a chart and my eyes would go cross. I just couldn't. I, and I would, I'd give it to her. I said, what do you think? You know, anyway, so it's been such a long time since I've been able to sit down with an astrologer. And I tell you what, you could talk and gab for hours and hours without stop. Yeah. But we'll talk again about Pluto <laughs> with, the, with the planets. All right. Well, thank you so much, James. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time and continuing the conversation. And I just appreciate you being so generous with time as always. So I'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. All right. Thank you so much for listening until the end of this segment. I do hope that you found it helpful and enjoyable. And if you did, you can be looking forward to the next part as we continue our conversation on the planet Pluto. If you would like to visit James's website, it's jamesbraha.com, and you can find a list of his books on Amazon. If you would like to visit my website, it's innerknowing.yoga. I have playlists available where you can learn about the houses, planets, nakshatras. There's a list of interview. I have a playlist available for compatibility and sinistry and astrology. All of them are on my website, innerknowing.yoga. If you'd like to sign up for Patreon, where I do weekly horoscopes for each of the 12 zodiac signs, it's patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. And my Instagram is astrology now underscore podcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. We are interviewing James Braha today. This is astrology now podcast. I will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.